2: fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot!
3: <laughs> oh, it's a goal! by post for Shearer, goal!
1: McLaughlin has it. Hard oh, deflection! And a goal! Touched to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Huddle!
3: Taylor.
1: Going out out. Yes! New New 2-0 Swindon! Danny Wall. I will win this league anyway. Richard. he's hit it! It's Bradley! Colin Doyle strikes again! And a brilliant goal from Harry McCurdy!
0: Ready, hasn't it? As we await news of Scott Lindsay's exits and then a new head coach, Charlie Austin's return, and what will no doubt be an interesting January in the transfer market, we have some additional exciting news as fans, as Swindon Town and Trust STFC edge ever closer to securing ownership of the County Ground. Here to discuss are two members of Trust STSC, Tom Paris and Neil Hutchins. We'll start with you, Tom. Hello. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having me, Rich. A pleasure. Before we go to Neil and talk about this venture, I need some, some kind of football stuff here. So if you can introduce yourself, what you do with the Trust and crucially, first game and, and all-time favourite Swindon players... That would be lovely.
3: First game, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but I was around 16 years old, so that's more than coming up 20 years ago now. Christ. Um, And it was a Valentine's evening game on a Tuesday night uh, against Reading. Uh, I lost a bet to a friend um, and basically got dragged along to the county ground. Ever since then, uh, got absolutely... Well, fell in love with the idea of the the atmosphere and and the crowd at a football game. It was a terrible game of football, of course, but it ultimately just got suckered right in. It was the the years of um, when Razor Ruddock was playing for the club um, and Andy King was manager. So I've seen my fair share of promotions and relegations during that time, and also a fair number of players as well. Um, games that stick in the memory. Um, 7-1 against Nottingham Forest is a memorable <laughs> one for the wrong reasons. Um but also games going to Wembley were pretty good. The 5-all uh, win or 5-all draw, sorry. The 5-all draw against Sheffield United in the playoffs um however long ago that was was also pretty spectacular. What was also spectacular about that is was that the 1-0 the win uh, at Sheffield United as well for that playoff game on that Tuesday night of Nathan Byrne running down the wing and slicing at home. So yeah, I've seen my fair share of bits and pieces over the years. Um, and yeah, just I'm in the trust. I run all of the social media comms. So um, if there's any banter or good conversation ongoing on Twitter or Facebook, then I'm very much amongst it. On behalf of the trust. Well,
0: that's a dangerous thing to admit to.
3: <laughs> okay, and then we'll
0: move to Neil. Hello, Neil. Same questions to you.
4: Yeah, hi, Rich. Thanks for having us this evening. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, so I've been following town since I was about eight years old, uh, when my my auntie and my my grand took me, I think, to my very first game. Um, got the bug and been a season ticket holder for around thirty five years now. I think something like that. So uh, it's been a good run. I mean, Tom's just talked about some of my favourite games there, but for me, it's the those playoff semi-finals always stick in my mind. Uh, the, uh, the the evening up at Tranmere, and also the semi-final at Shelton. and I know we didn't win, but the uh, uh, the game at Brentford as well um, uh, behind the goal there when uh, uh, we we got our last minute uh, equaliser, I think it was, to take it to uh, extra time. So fantastic memories, and uh, we've been blessed with some fantastic players and some great coaches over the years as well and uh, it's it's just uh, frustrating that we're we're in this kind of managerial merry-go-round at the moment but uh, hopefully that will change in the months ahead I I would hope so and you're a you're a real gentleman Neil for not correcting Tom that the Bramwell Lane game was 2-1 well uh, my my knowledge and memory of these games isn't the best I didn't want to embarrass myself so
3: uh, (laughs) generally was it 2-1 was it how
0: do I yeah How can I not remember the other two goals? Ricketts and burn for Swindon, wasn't it? Yeah, I was there. I should have remembered that. And we missed a penalty. Of course. Oh, what a night. What a night. Anyway, I'm not allowed to talk about football so much in this episode. I'm going to I'm going to say it straight away a lot of this stuff goes right over my head so apologies if I want it explained to me like I'm a 10-year-old from time to time but a big thanks to the podcast contributors and Patreon members for sending questions my way but we're going to go through the brief that the trust sent around the provide the content providers for Swindon town so the background of this is that The Trust have been pursuing the purchase of the county ground since March 2015. In March 2022, Swindon Borough Council formally agreed to sell the county ground to the County Ground Stadium Custodians Limited, the CGJV. The Trust are now seeking... Trust STSC membership approval to enter the joint venture agreement with Swindon Town Football Club. To form a valid note, the trust require at least 50% of members to participate in the vote and 75% must vote in favour. And it's worth pointing out that this has never been done before within the UK and to the knowledge of the trust in the world ever. So first off, Tom. Surely you don't envisage resistance from trust members for this vote?
3: No, uh, I don't think we would. um, The other day, the trust members uh, have been very much on the journey with us over the last God knows how many years in regards to what the purpose of the trust has been about. And we've been very clear for a very long period of time around how we want to buy the county ground and made efforts towards that, in particular over the last seven to eight years. Uh, an increase in noise. So, you know, we'd very much hope that the trust members are are bought into that idea and at this fabulous opportunity to buy the county ground that we would take it with both arms open uh, and accept it. Obviously, there are parts within it where we don't want to rest on our laurels. Um, this is not to quote political phrases here, but once in a lifetime opportunity, really. It's not something that's come up before. Um, and who knows when it may come up again. Um, so we want to grab it with both hands. We want to maximize the opportunity. We don't want to be complacent about it. Uh, we want to bring the fans on the journey with us to understanding what this actually means along the way. Um, and all the implications that result in it. So no, uh, we'd like to think that there's no resistance from trust members, um, but that still doesn't stop us from wanting to be out here and explaining what that actually means on a day-to-day basis as well. Of course not. And Neil, to be trailblazers
0: in this sort of venture is incredibly exciting. And from the football industry side of things, they will have more than a keen eye on this but I'm sure this venture hasn't been taken lightly. Do you think this is the best case scenario? Or if not, was it the only way it could have been achieved? And were there any
4: concerns about this going forward? I think there's a reason why it's taken seven years to get this far. And that that it's it's not easy. Uh, there's a lot of stakeholders. There's a lot of people that are interested. We've had previous owners look at it and try and get hold of the stadium themselves. And then the supporters trust looked at it and tried to get it themselves. Then our previous owner decided that he wanted to re-engage. So everybody's got a view of of what the county ground ownership looks like and, and a perfect world. I think personally, um, it would be great if one day we could, uh, the, the supporters could own the entire club. I mean, I think that's an aspiration that we should have out there. Um, we're not there yet. I think uh, owning half the county ground is a good first step, though. Um, we're, we're lucky that we have an owner at the moment who seems to be taking us in the right direction. Uh, he showed his commitment. He's cleared a lot of debt down. Um, and certainly with the dealings that I've had with Clem over the last few months, um, I'm very excited to the direction that we're heading in. Um, but obviously the proof is in the pudding and, uh, and, and no doubt, um, that that'll be measured by, by what happens in the years ahead. But I think owning 50% of the stadium is a great first step. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. There's a lot of people that have been working hard on this behind the scenes. Um, Tom and myself are relatively newcomers to the Trust. We've we've been on board for about 10 months now. Um, There's people there that have been working on this for six, seven years. And um, we wouldn't be where we are today without their hard work and commitment. So uh, could could we own all of the ground? Yeah, it'd be great if we could. But uh, I'd sell for fifty percent right now. Mm.
0: Now sticking with you, wh- why why hasn't this happened before? Is it just as simple as an owner can either afford to own the the ground or not? It, it seems like something that
4: should have happened previously. So I think Swindon Borough Council clearly own the ground and have done for for many years. Um, I think they were kind of, and I can't speak for them. I've, I've not dealt with them directly. But I'd imagine that they found themselves in, in a position where they were effectively custodians of, of the stadium on behalf of the, the town. So I can imagine that they would want to be careful with who they would sell the ground to. And what better combination than the supporters and the club coming together uh, and earning it 50 50. I mean, one of the, the important points that people may wonder why it's the trust and not the official supporters club or one of the other groups is that the trust is a, a registered society under the Cooperative and Community Benefits Societies Act. Now, that's a really particularly boring piece of legislation, but the, the key part of that requires that uh, societies like the trust have a binding asset lock. What that means is that we can't sell the, the, the asset, which is the county ground, to the benefit of its members. We can't pay them a dividend. We can't sell the, the land off and, and give everybody a couple of thousand pounds. We're not allowed to. The, the asset, the county ground, has to be held for the benefit of the supporters and the wider community. So that's why when uh, the Trust started talking to Swindon Borough Council, you can see that they, they would be confident that they're just not selling it to, some, to somebody who will then sell it on and, to, and try and make a quick buck. They're selling it to a group of supporters that can represent the entire supporter base um, and look after the interests of the stadium moving forward.
0: Lovely. Thank you. Tom, why is this a 50-50 venture and, and not a slight majority for either Swindon Town or the trust? Well,
3: I think there's various points in, in reasoning that, you know, as Neil said, you know, ideally we'd love to have a majority as a, as a fan group. Um, but the fact is that the conversations when this really started getting going was with a previous owner um, who, when we launched a bid as a trust, um, came in and put in his own bid and through that process ended up joining forces together to put a joint bid together as uh, a joint venture at 50-50. I think also the other part that is really important to remember is that the money that is coming to actually fund the, the county ground purchase ultimately is not being put in by Swindon Town Football Club or the trust It's money that is, you know, being passed to us by the Nigel E. G trust and Nigel Eadie's trust is very clear within the will that was left behind, um, was that it was to benefit the club as a overall piece and what better way to deliver on that than actually forming a collaboration at a 50, 50 with the football club that Nigel loved with the supporter base of which he was a very well-known and and popular member of. Um, so within that, it's, you know, there's lots of pieces to it, but fundamentally on those two pieces, that is where we are. Um, and as Neil said, would love to be uh, a majority owner in some shape or form, but from where we are right now, 50% is, you know, I'll take that happily, uh, especially 10 years ago.
0: Yeah, that'll do, certainly. Is there anything else that you either of you want to discuss on the background?
3: Really, the whole conversation, even with the ED Trust, was quite an interesting start in the sense that Steve had the idea of getting the roof on the the account on the Stratton Bank. And within that conversation and exploring all the different ventures and opportunities to actually raise the funding for that, he ultimately ended up going to the ED Trust and asked them point blank would you fund, through the will, putting a roof over the Stratton Bank? And the response that Steve got from the ED's trust was essentially, well, we're not really willing to put money uh, from the trust into something that you fundamentally cannot own or control. And the response from Steve uh, within that conversation was on the lines of, well, would you pay for the county ground then if we bought it? And that then kicked off the whole conversations of, where we are today so really paying testament to Steve the the tenacity um to drive it forward over these last seven eight years has been absolutely awe-inspiring and I think that's really underplayed with um the the fans overall nobody really knows (laughs) how much determination it takes to battle through all of the previous owners all the red tape and just keep going and not giving up I think that shows incredible stamina um, for the last eight years of committing his life to basically dedicating towards getting to where we are today. Um, and I think that's just a really important piece to to add to all of this, that, you know, there are genuine supporters within this that have dedicated large amount of hours over the last eight years to, to really get here. Um, and when it gets over the line, you know, absolute full credit to them and their dues because it's as much their success as it is everybody else's um, Across the board, really,
0: yeah, here, here. Well done, Steve Myton, and i will make it continue. Uh, we'll, we'll continue on on the why. So, the points here guarantee Swindon Town FC will have a stadium to call home, protecting the club's future and preventing situations like Derby County, Sheffield Wednesday, Oxford United, etc. Weird, we're missing an Oxford game to do this, isn't that crazy? Um, and also <laughs> fan involvement. In the stadium development plans, so Neil, what is it? What exactly is the county ground site? What are the perimeters?
4: Yeah, good question. So the the land that we're going to acquire from the council, so long as our membership vote and support it, uh, starts at the the county road corner, um, goes along the boundary of the uh, of the cricket club. Uh, it includes a little car park. Um, Between the uh, Foundation Park and the County Ground Stadium. It then goes south down the back of the Stratton Bank, down onto Swivenham Road. It includes all of the green area uh, behind the Stratton Bank, uh, sorry, behind the Swivenham Road stand. Uh, The boundary runs along the edge of the Magic Roundabout until you get to uh, County Road. Then you go back up the edge of the car park, picks up the two access roads around the County Ground Hotel. and as I say includes all of the car park as well. So it's the stadium, the buildings, the car park and a few parcels of of land surrounding it as well.
0: Tom, is there a realistic vision of how much involvement fans will have on this front?
3: Well, ultimately we want the fans to be involved with this as much as possible. Uh, being 50/50 owners in it, there's a there's a right for them to have a say and a view on what's happening. Ultimately um, there are going to be restrictions in terms of all of the details that we're going to be able to share. There's going to be some very complex conversations, um, and without without being uh, too rude, there's going to be probably a lot of conversations is is even that will go above my head in terms of the legalities and all the complexities of why we can't just simply do something that just seems really obvious. I would rather leave those conversations to those that the experts rather than having a daily and running commentary. However, when it comes round to being involved in this, in the redevelopment, we want the fans to be involved and we want them to have a part and, and have a vision and share that vision of what they want to see within their stadium. So. On an annual basis, at an absolute minimum, there'll be a annual business plan that will be drawn up by the joint venture that will then be uh, published to the members of the trust to review and to vote on, on an annual basis. Um, whether or not that will be boiled down to something that's a lot more simpler to, e- uh, to read and to understand or be documented within its full and original state is to be decided. But ultimately, we want the fans to understand what is going to be happening on an annual basis. The money that is donated into the joint venture, we want people to understand where that's going and what that's being spent on. Um, the other part of it is that if there is any other big ticket items, such as the redevelopment of some aspects of the stadium, etc., the fans will also be invited to share their thoughts and views and ultimately vote on those proposals as well. So There's lots of bits and pieces around it where we're hoping to engage with fans and bring them along on the journey. We're really excited by the enthusiasm that we've seen so far since launching this campaign on Sunday Uh, and we hope that sustains and carries forward um, into redeveloping a county ground that we can call home for many, many years and also help us propel us up the leagues for many years to come?
4: I think it's worth taking a step back as well and, and, and just kind of thinking about why this is so important. Um, I mean, there's, there's two real priorities, two goals for, for, for kind of buying the, the county ground um, on a 50-50 joint venture basis. And as you said a moment ago, Rich, I mean, there's plenty of stories out there about clubs like Derby and Sefford Wednesday and Oxford where uh, the ownership of the stadium has kind of disappeared off with an old chairman um, uh, um, the club is left with a long lease but they can't do anything with that stadium so clearly getting the club into, uh, into a long term ownership model um, where we know who owns it and, and that's effectively the supporters and the club is a great place to be but I think the other thing is well if you look at it from a club perspective um, the club aren't going to invest loads of money into the stadium and the surroundings unless they know that they've got that, that stability that they're going to have that ownership model there for the long term And something that's in both the club and the supporters' favour is if we can use the county ground to to build a sustainable business model where there's revenue being generated every day of the week, just not three o'clock on a Saturday and and 7.45 on a Tuesday. That can only help the the on-field activity if we're driving more revenue through the county ground, uh, something that I think a lot of people have wanted to do but never been in a position to do so because they've not owned it. That can only be a good thing for what 's going on on the field, so when when we talk about the uh, kind of the business plan and we talk about the the involvement of the supporters, I think we should all be looking about how how we can use our stadium because it 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 really will be our stadium moving forward and and how can we we drive value from it um, because we all want the team to be successful and the best way we can do that is try and and kind of drive more money through the club. Absolutely. It's it's tough now because I'm going to ask a series of
0: questions based on redevelopment, but it, it feels that we're we're so early into this that I'm, I'm more than sure it, it'll be pipe dreams at the moment for want of a better phrase. But I'm going to give the courtesy of asking the questions because they were provided to me. Starting with Tom, why is there such a focus on sorting out the Stratton Bank over everything else?
3: Oh, that's... Uh... That's a that's a good conversation a good question. Uh, there's multiple reasons, and I think there's you know different opinions and and whatnot. From from my perspective, developing uh, or putting a roof over the Stratton Bank will provide us with two different opportunities. One, the the club at the moment is required by the regulations and restrictions of the EFL that when away fans are attending, whether that be in a league game or even in the FA Cup, there has to be a certain proportion of tickets that are offered to be under cover. So at the moment, obviously we've got the Arcles and we've got the Stratton Bank that primarily get used for away fans. If the roof was over the Stratton Bank, then in a very simplistic term, you could open up the entire Arcles to be just home fans only um, or, You could even just keep all of the fans in in the R and then open up the Stratton Bank to be used by home fans for the big games, you know, such as the Man Cities and the playoffs, et cetera. On the other side of it, um, if you're thinking long-term about, you know, some of the ideas that has been widely reported and suggested across multiple uh, forums and media outlets, you know, if we were looking at redeveloping the town end, then you would want to ensure that you have enough capacity to facilitate those supporters that make all of the noise in the town end um, on a similar sort of infrastructure to enable that atmosphere to continue, but also keep all of those fans in, um, in voice and in song. So whilst the town is getting redeveloping, re- whilst the town end is being redeveloped, there is an opportunity then that you could move those fans from the town end and put them in the Stratton Bank whilst the town end was getting redeveloped. So there's lots of opportunities like that. But um I, I don't know, Neil, have you got any other opinions of why the Stratton Bank?
4: <laughs> well, I don't think we're necessarily tied into the Stratton Bank. From a, from a contract point of view, um, the, the Borough Council want us to... Uh, proceed with some development it's a core part of why they're selling the stadium to us so uh, it's actually written into the contract that if we don't commence development uh, within three years they can actually buy the stadium back from us and nobody wants that so the contract requires us to start uh, a redevelopment project uh, of at least a million pounds worth of value now that might be the Stratton Bank Uh, it might be redeveloping the town end it might be filling in some of the corners it might be adding executive boxes but I think where we are right now is that, number one, we need to pass the vote from the membership to support the acquisition. I think we've then got to complete the deal. Um, and so we still need to get the lawyers to sign all the paperwork and get it over the line. And then the really hard work does start, which is what does a redeveloped county ground look like? Where are those priorities? Got to think about when you can build certain things. Uh, Marcus Cassidy is not going to thank us if we start driving high abs across the middle of his pits in the middle of the season so um, I wouldn't quite say it's a blank sheet of paper because there's loads of ideas flying around but until we get control of the stadium uh, the joint venture between the supporters and the club are very much focused on that first stage. Once we've got the keys to the stadium then we'll start working big time on on what comes next Do the Trust have a ballpark figure for the overall cost of the redevelopment and a time scale? I think it depends uh, what we do with it. I mean, there's been all kinds of ideas floated over the years, uh, and, and a hotel is, is a common theme that we, we kind of keep coming back to. Um, we may not like the team, but if you look at the MK Stadiums, uh, the MK Don Stadium, um, with the hotel that's built into the main stand, um, it's a fantastic solution. You've got uh, 24 by 7 use through the week. And then all the bedrooms are turned into hospitality suites on a mat day. So you can kind of see the the, the attraction of, of maybe a hotel going uh, kind of into a, a town end redevelopment. Um, but that's not the only big plan that's there. I mean, Stratton Bank clearly is, is one that gets talked about. And, and the stadium is crying out for additional hospitality areas. Um, the the, the Stand hospitality is selling out virtually every game. And, and I think if we can get the quality of football on the pits moving in the right direction and moving up through the leagues, that can only grow. So there's, it's a bit of a, a how long is a piece of string uh, question, Rich. Um, I think whatever we do, there'll need to be a business plan uh, and and uh, the, the funding to support it. Uh, and we've got to kind of look very carefully about where those priorities are and, and in which order we do them.
3: And let's not forget as well that it's a 250-year lease. So the amount of money that could go into the county ground to rebuild it, you know, that that could happen at least twice over that lease at an absolute minimum, if not more. So the amount of money that goes in, you know, we're only looking really at the next five to 10 years at this point in time and coming up with ideas. God knows where we'll be in 50 to 100 years time. Um, and that will be on to the future generations so um it's a really hard question to answer um in, in that sense really
0: yeah tom what do you think the handball rule will be in 100 years time
3: <laughs> well
4: hopefully better than it is now
3: <laughs> it'll be a judge and adjudicated by var or probably some artificial intelligence bot that has no human interaction whatsoever <laughs> but who knows who knows
0: okay fair enough and um, the next question is quite a long one so um Do the trust have an understanding of how the redevelopment will be funded? Are these the likely realistic options or are there others? So those options are funding generated from external lenders against the security of the freehold of the land slash ground. Monies from the JV from a combination of rent received from STFC slash other commercial income generated from the use of the ground facilities or owner funded uh, introduced by more Fooney or possibly others through diversification of shareholdings in swindon
4: town football club that's a really long question with a simple answer uh, yes to all of them i think um, <laughs> uh, as supporters we're going to own 50 percent of the uh, of the stadium but that doesn't mean we have to put in 50 percent of the funding for the, the developments having said that we want to be active partners. Um, we we want to be involved in how this works. We want to be involved in how it develops. We want to be a good partner to the club. So the more the supporters can put into this, whether that's through kind of ad hoc uh, contributions or regular contributions, uh, encouraging small, local, uh, larger businesses even, playing their part, um, the more that we as supporters can bring to the table, the more of an involvement and a more of a say we're going to have. But these are multi-million pound developments that are being talked about. You can't build a hotel for kind of £10,000 collected from a a load of buckets being rattled on a Saturday afternoon. So it's likely that we're going to have to look at um, uh, bringing in money, uh, investment money, uh, lending secured against the stadium uh, to undertake some of the bigger projects. And if you take the hotel as an example, if you've got a, a regular income coming through a hotel or something similar to that, then clearly it's a lot easier to borrow money and leverage it against those revenue lines. So there's lots of different ways we can do that, Um, but there's no one single answer. Uh, And I think what we've got to look at is the right opportunity at the right time for the right project.
3: Just to add to that as well, there's lots of opportunities and inspiration that we can draw on from out there in in the, the football community. You know, if you look at the way that AFC Wimbledon have financed their development in the stadium with bonds as well, I'm not saying that we will do that, but that's an interesting opportunity. Um, the other side that is also a massive inspiration to us is following the Hearts Foundation model, where the, as a supporters trust, essentially, they've gone on to raise £14 million and more to the point where they have, you know, the majority ownership of their club. So there's bits and pieces that I think. You know, as Neil rightly says there's nothing's off the table with with what we're doing here um and enabling that finance, but fundamentally it's underlined by that business plan and demonstrating that return of investment to compensate for what it is that we do go on and do and make sure that it's sound and robust and ultimately it protects our club not just for the next 10 years to push for promotion to the Premier League or whatever league we're going into, but it's here for the 250 years and more um, beyond that lease with the county ground. And that's absolutely critical and crucial to whatever we do with the funding and and fundraising around redevelopment.
4: And we shouldn't lose sight of the fact as well, though, that clearly all the headlines will be about kind of redeveloping the Strand Bank and putting hotels onto the ground. But the county ground in its current state is is, it's old, it's dilapidated. We've been putting sticking plasters over it for too many years, and so whilst um, there's a lot of focus on the on the bigger development, there's also going to be a lot of work done on repairing and, and getting the the stadium back into a, a decent state as well, even if that means we're not knocking it down and rebuilding it. So the way this is going to work is that the uh, the club currently pay uh, rent to Swindon Borough Council. Um, under the new lease that they'll enter, enter into with the joint venture, uh, they'll still pay rent, but they'll pay 50% of what is market rent for a stadium like the county ground. And the idea behind that is that the money they do pay to the joint venture, uh, which is 50% of, of market rates, um, all of that money will go back into the county ground. So whether that's fixing leaking roofs, improving toilet facilities, Um, adding disabled facilities, uh, adding additional uh, half-time refreshment stores, whatever it is, there's going to be regular funding through the rent that's invested back into the club on a a week-to-week and a month-to-month basis. But the reason that we've agreed the 50% discount is that then clearly the club uh, are putting less cash out against the county ground uh, on, on an annual basis, and that can only help the playing budget. Um, if the club have the ability to reduce their overhead by halving their rent that they have to pay, then that, that clearly helps the club. Uh, and we hope that that would then feed through into the playing budget as well. So, as I say, it's not all about these big, uh, exciting projects. It's also about getting the stadium that we, we love so much back on its feet uh, and heading in the right direction for what we hope will be lots of new fans coming through the doors. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm 33 years into this, um, and I don't think I've seen Swindon Towns ground in a, anything other than the state it is now, to be honest. Uh, Don Rogers, stand aside,
4: yeah, it's in desperate need for of some TLC, isn't it? It needs some love. Um, mm. and, and you can kind of understand why when uh, cl- the club, in its various ownership over the few last few years, um, don't own it. Uh, it's owned by the council. And there's been a very short term view taken by previous owners. Um, why would they plough all that money into something that they don't own? So we're going to change that dynamic. We we, we we split that ownership 50-50. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, we're in a very different world than, than where we have been up till now.
3: And it's a very good point as well, because the rent is a guaranteed rent, you know, where previous owners as well have fallen foul of paying the rent to the council the money being paid into the joint venture is is as guaranteed if not more so because in the eyes of an investor or an owner of a club in the future it's not putting money into something that they don't fundamentally own it's something that they need to maintain as an asset and they're not just throwing money at Swindon borough council and getting nothing back in return they're putting money aside essentially from the rent to invest on an annual basis into the stadium that they're in, which also is a great benefit for us as a supporter base, seeing our stadium being maintained and and kept up to date with all the dilapidations and and repair work needed, because ultimately that then just provides us with a much safer environment and hopefully not deafening sound speakers um, in, (laughs) in some areas.
0: <laughs> no, we'll see we'll see on that front uh the the last question before we go to the cgjv structure redevelopment preferences from what we know uh, takes a percentage out of the car park behind the, the the town end so will there be a push or are there plans from the club and trust to promote sustainable travel
3: there's something that is actively being worked on even at the moment so our board member Chris Van Roon. Um, He is our sustainability officer and is actually looking at um, opportunities and working with the council as well as local transport providers um, to figure out and promote better ways of providing that sustainable travel. Um, I can't remember a game exactly it was but there has been stands outside of out of the stadium um, where Chris and the local council have been there to promote traveling sustainably more to games um, as well as looking at operations or opportunities to even increase more sustainable travel with train tickets that are discounted um, uh, as well as talking to SAS travel to try and and promote that a lot more. So there's lots of bits and pieces that we are doing and by all means we'll continue um, to, to find those opportunities and promote them and be part of the county ground redevelopment as well. Hi, this is Jan Fjortoft and welcome and I'm on "Loath Strangers. It's so hard for a Norwegian. Love
2: Strangers. Let's move on to the CGJV
0: structure. Trust FCFC and Town Football Club have an equal 50% ownership in the CGJV. The chair of the CGJV will rotate on an annual basis but will not hold any casting vote in breaking a deadlock vote. Trust STFC and STFC will have two appointed members of the board. Significant topics known as reserve matters require unanimous consent from both Trust STFC and Swindon Town Football Club. This includes things like a change in the nature of the business, Of CGJV, material change or variation of the terms of the lease, proposed assignment or transfer of CGJV interest in the lease, or any proposed disposition of any interest in the county ground freehold, admission of any shareholder upon any issue or transfer of shares, and approval of any development, alteration, demolition, or addition to the property under the terms of the lease where the value of the work is greater than £50,000. Also, where proposals do not meet the required voting threshold, the matter may be referred For mediation, where mediation fails to find a solution, the issue could be referred to an independent arbitrator where the arbitrator will decide on a resolution. An arbitrator cannot rule on the selling of the county grounds. I don't want to be overly negative because I am so on board with this. I couldn't be happier with the fact that the club and the trust are doing this. And that that is the honest truth. And your relationship with the current town hierarchy is no doubt extremely good and strong. But they won't be here forever. And this sort of arrangement won't be perfect forever. It's good to have a solution in place when we talk about things like arbitrators when things aren't agreed, um, but it won't always stop relationships from breaking down. Now, I appreciate there's not much you can do until that the day comes, but is it something that has been discussed and potentially planned
4: and prepared for? Yeah, yeah, it has. Um, and you're right, the, the, the discussions we've had with the club, particularly uh, Rob and Clem over the last few months, um, have been very productive. Uh, they've been very open, very transparent. And one of the conversations we've had had with them while we've been negotiating the terms of the joint venture is what happens if Clem or or somebody else in the future was to sell to uh, an owner or a chairman, similar to one that we may have had in our recent past, and how would the joint venture agreement and the uh, the lease work in in a very different environment? And you can never draft a contract to be perfect. I mean, you aim for that, but, but the nature of the beast is that things will change, relationships change, the people involved change, but we've, we've tried to negotiate all of these legal agreements. And there's about 200 pages of it. Um, always in the back of our mind, that Clem's not going to be sat in that chair forever. And as Tom said earlier, this is a 250 year deal. So we're talking about trying to protect for the generations of, of, of town fans to come as well. Um, In the business I'm in, there's a saying that if the day you reach for the contract, it means that uh, you've already messed up because you've not been assorted out (laughs) between yourselves. Um, And I think that's very true in this environment. The the vast majority of of what we do with the club will be very much on a discussed, negotiated and working together basis because we're we're joined at the hip and and we're all aligned. But were that not to be the case in the future and we had to have a different owner in there, the, the, the contracts have been written in a style that, that give us comfort and protection and it wouldn't be pretty and it would be hard work and I hope it never, you never got to that stage but you might need to get lawyers involved if, if things really got that bad. But the framework is this, this contract that we've negotiated. Um, hopefully we never have to pull it off the bookshelf but if we do, then uh, a lot of time and effort has gone into it over the months just gone to try and protect for for those scenarios.
0: Tom, how do you intend to make sure the working relationship on other matters with the club remains effective and that the trust retains the voice of being an independent, critical voice? It's much more difficult. It's a much more difficult line to tread
3: once you're financially entwined, I'm sure. You're right. And it's a really important and great question to ask. It's... In, in any relationship is going to be difficult, obviously, um, and especially when you are working so closely. However, our North Star as a trust is to be there for our members and represent their voices. The moment that we stop doing that is the moment that we become irrelevant and there is no purpose in what we do. The mechanisms of how we ensure that independence and that voice of the fans will come and change over time as, as it sees fit. Um, if there is such a time where we become the owners of the club, that might be a little bit more difficult to um, control. But for as long as we are in the situation that we are now, without a shadow of doubt, we are here for the fans. We are here to represent the fans. And when we go into advisory boards and we speak to the club, yes, individuals of the trust have very personal relationships with the members of the inner workings of Swindon Town, uh, as previous members of the board currently work in the hierarchy of Swindon Town. It does not mean that we shy away from those tough conversations. If you've met Steve Mighton, especially seen him in conversations, he's a dog of a bone at times and doesn't let go of things that are important and relevant and really need to be discussed. And that's to be the same across various members of our board as well. So when we do go in and have these conversations, and I can imagine much, to some disbelief, um, we do have those difficult conversations. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have that we roll over and have our tummies tickled. Um, we do stand up for the fans in a lot of ways. Um, recently, uh, the under 16s, we campaigned really hard on the inner workings around that. To campaign and push that forward to the club to make a decision there was at least five or six board members that were having conversations with Rob and Clem and trying to make the case and and ultimately I think we found a good compromise on that there was reason there was listened uh, the reasons were listened to and ultimately we came to a, a collaborative solution. Sometimes just screaming uh, on social media doesn't ultimately have the best outcome. But without a shadow of doubt, as I've already said, we're here for the fans. And the moment we stop working on behalf of the fans, then uh, we become irrelevant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So how is the joint venture going to work on a practical level?
4: So the the, the terms of the joint venture agreement set out, Everything from uh, the 50-50 ownership, um, which directors uh, are on the board. So uh, there'll be two directors from the club. There'll be two directors uh, from the trust. And then uh, the Nigel ED trustees are going to put two directors onto the board as well. So there's lots in the joint venture agreement about how the board um, meetings work uh, and about how the decisions of the board are taken and who can vote for certain things. Under the, the terms of the, the the joint venture agreement, there is a list of what's called reserved matters. And it's at this point everybody starts to glaze over a bit. But these are a list of really important points that affect the, the, the future security of the county ground. And it could be things like selling the ground. It could be um, one of the shareholders, potentially the club, wishing to move their 50% share from the the club to another entity um, it could be changing the terms of the lease so these are all fairly big um, key decisions that go to the jv for approval now the way that works is that um, the vast majority of this list of around 14 items um, will require shareholder consent and the shareholder as far as the supporters is concerned is the, is the trust so we as a trust board have gone through that list of 14 items and we've said, right, these are really key ones. These really need to go to the membership. So, for example, if there was a, a, a resolution, a, a suggestion that we should sell the county grant, perhaps because we found another site somewhere else or for whatever the reason is, then it's written not only in the joint venture agreement, but now in the rules of the, uh, of the trust, that we would have to take that to the membership for their approval. And only if uh, the membership supported that, would we as a shareholder on behalf of the supporters then sign that off. So although there's a lot of legal kind of um, uh, language and and, and very technical wording in there, effectively what it means is for all the big decisions that could happen to the county ground, um, they would be required to be signed off by both shareholders uh, and from the trust perspective, all the big ones of that list we would take to the membership, um, and they would then only proceed. so that empowers our members um, and once we get through the uh, the vote that we 're going through at the moment and then we 've completed the the purchase of the stadium we 're going to be encouraging as many people as possible uh, to join the trust to share in the ownership of the uh, of the county ground. Um, and play a part in those big decisions in terms of how the stadium's developed uh, and what happens to it in the long term.
0: Okay we'll move on to the purchase agreement so going through the main points here with trust members permission trust STFC will enter the CGJV with STFC where contracts between the joint venture and Swindon Borough Council will be exchanged. As part of the sale there is an overage provision which means that C.G.J.V. will be required to pay an additional sum based on a change in the land value should C.G.J.V. develop a hotel or any form of residential. Overage payment would be due when the development was sold or after 10 years. Whichever party triggers an overage charge will be liable for the payment to Swindon Borough Council. Swindon Borough Council stipulates two buyback provisions. One, a redevelopment project of more than £1 million in costs is not physically commenced within three years of purchase. And two, the lease between CGJV and STFC is not signed within four months of purchase completion. If CGJV wishes to sell the county ground freehold within 25 years of completion... Swindon Borough Council can acquire the freehold at a maximum of £2.3 million or market value if less than £2.3 million. So Tom, in relation to the section where it mentioned a redevelopment project of more than £1 million in costs is not physically commenced within three years of purchase, what what would that entail?
3: Well, that can be anything as long as it's um, not covering the dilapidations and, and the basic upkeep of the stadium. So if, for example, a project of a million pounds that could be inserting corporate boxes into the Don Roger stand, a million pounds worth of a project that was put in a a roof over the top of the Stratton bank, filling in the corners. Anything that is ultimately improving the ground, um, and redeveloping it to improve its function, its purpose. That's essentially what that 1 million pound in costs will um, entail now it doesn't mean completed by within three years it only means started by and um, started in a genuine matter not just we've stuck a spade in the ground sort of thing it's genuinely putting some real effort into actually commencing that so the other side of it as well is that the dilapidations and the upkeep do not count towards that so if you're going to paint the county ground that doesn't count but if you were to improve the corporate function and hospitality suites that we know as discussed earlier is largely sold out every single game then that would contribute to that million pounds within the three-year period if the
0: nigel ed trust is funding the 2.3 million pounds then is their interest payable also what security are they taking for example a charge assuming the lease will have a realistic rental, but would like to know how this is quantified and how will the surplus be used after paying interest and will there be rent reviews?
4: I mean, the, the, the fantastic news here is that the, uh, the Nigel ED Trust, um, as well as putting in the 2.3 million to buy the stadium, they're also putting in the, um, the stamp duty as well that we need to pay. So there's another 100,000 for the stamp duty. So the Nigel ED Trust are gifting 2.4 million to fund the purchase and that's on a non-repayable basis so there's no interest to pay, there's no money to pay back, um, the Nigel EG Trust is paying for the full value of the purchase of the stadium and we, we shouldn't lose sight how lucky we are uh, to be in that position um, uh, I've never had the the, the honour of meeting Nigel I've heard a lot of stories, I've, I've, I've seen he made a big contribution or the trust his trust made a big contribution to Foundation Park um, and now to see his legacy funding uh, the purchase of the county ground, I think is a fantastic achievement. Um, and we need to honour his memory, and we certainly thank uh, his trustees for the fantastic support they've given us. And what that means is that all the, the rental income, as I said a moment ago, and, and the surplus, as, as, as you described it, all of that money goes straight back into um, developing the stadium, repairing the stadium. Um, ripping off those sticking plasters. So we're we're so lucky to be in that position, and uh, um, we, we we need to recognise Nigel as we develop the stadium, and whether that's naming rights or naming a stand over him or a statue or whatever that may be, that's for another day. But uh, we should never forget the the value in the the legacy that the Nigel has left behind. Couldn't agree more.
0: Tom, who determines the overage? And surely with planning consents, then the Swindon Borough Council have enough power. Uh, I note, and this is a question from one of our listeners, that SBC have first option to buy back if the joint venture, decide to sell or get into trouble. However, cannot see this happening unless JV could not meet their creditors. If the JV were to develop the site and insert shops and or hotel, then surely if planning is granted, the SBC cannot claim further money based on the initial value and purchase of the freehold. They could levy extra or levy extra tax etc however this would surely be difficult to go back to the original purchase price will there be an independent body to oversee this possible levy
3: so the overage is ultimately defined within the purchase agreement and largely what that comes down to is leisure and hospitality facilities which i believe directly references the hotel aspect Let me hand this over to Neil to deal with the specifics of this, because there's definitely some intricacies that I'd rather uh, leave Neil to answer more delicately.
4: Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, Remind me to return the favour in a moment. Um, (laughs) When it comes to overage, as we said earlier, Swindon Borough Council own the county ground um, and they're responsible to the taxpayer. So one of the things we've had to do with the council is agree what fair market value is for the county ground. And between the club, the trust, and uh, the council, we agreed that 2.3 million was a fair number. Now, were we to then go and do something with the county ground, which would demonstrate that the land was worth a lot more than that, understandably, the taxpayers of of Swindon might be asking the council, why did you give it away for 2.3 if it was worth five? So the idea of overage is that if we were to go and do something with the, the county ground, that created lots of additional value that falls outside the intended purpose of it being a football ground, then we would have to share um, the the, the upside of that. And that's something called overage. So redeveloping Stratton Bank, uh, putting in executive boxes, putting in a new club shop, a, a museum, stuff like that is fine. That's all covered by the purpose. But let's say we took an absolute extreme example and we completely flattened the stadium and we built a load of houses, which is never going to happen. But we know that the land where you can build houses has huge value. In that example, the first of all, I don't think we get planning permission, but put that to one side. But in that example, the land would have greater value than the 2.3 million. And then the overage would kick in. So it's true that we have to go and get planning consent for anything that we do. But the planning process is completely separate to that additional commercial overage uh, value that we'd have to return to the club in, in that kind of rare example. And are there any time restrictions around this? With regards to the overage, one of the key things to consider is whether we were to sell off the um, the building or the development um, after it had gone through. So for example, if you take a hotel as, um, as something that we could do, um, were we to develop the hotel and then sell that off for somebody else to operate, then that would trigger the overage at the point in time that that happened. But it might be that the JV decide to build a hotel and actually own and operate it. So we keep it within the ownership structure of the, of the, of the trust and the, uh, and the club. So in that case, we, that liability for overage wouldn't kick in for a further 10 years. So um, from a cash flow point of view, uh, the model varies depending on the situation. It's also worth considering that in the event that the club were to do development on their own, which the, they possibly could, uh, and they triggered the overage, then they would then become liable for that overage payment. It wouldn't be something that 50% of that liability came back to the supporters. And that's an important point that we've negotiated to ensure that the supporters don't pick up the cost of something that they're not getting any value off. Clearly, if the of uh, that development was owned by the JV, um, then there'd be a revenue or there'd be value associated to to actually pay off any overage payment. But I think we're talking about things quite a way down the line there. We shouldn't lose too much sleep over uh, the, the overage terms and, and what they mean.
0: Next section is the CGJV lease agreement. The CGJV will grant a lease to Swindon Town Football Club for 250 years. Swindon Town Football Club can only exit the lease agreement if the CGJV is in agreement. Rent is based on market rates, discounted by 50% to provide benefits to the club to invest in non-property areas like the playing budget, as an example. Should STFC fail to pay rent, C.G.J.V. has the power to commence legal proceedings. Revenue generated from rent and other sources will pay for dilapidations but will not be considered as part of the £1 million redevelopment purchase agreement stipulation. C.G.J.V. must give consent for things like planning consent applications and internal alterations to the property unless they are deemed unreasonable. Oh, I wonder what I'll be doing in 250 years. I'm really excited to discover what's going on here. So <laughs> for you, Tom, what, what's the key points here in, in the lease agreement that we haven't discussed already? Well, I
3: think, you know, as already discussed, the the lease is for 250 years. So beyond my lifetime, and, and I regret to say to you guys, probably your lifetimes as well. Um, no. <laughs> but ultimately it's a protection that we've put there on the club to guarantee that the, that the team and the club has a place to play for that period of time for forevermore. And we hope that that does provide that guarantee and security to future generations for, for those 250 years and more. Some of the stipulations around that is that the club can only exit that lease agreement if, the joint venture agrees to it so that's likely to be something that the the supporters will come and get involved in and have a vote and have a say on that as much as what the club wants to do around that so we would only exit that joint venture agreement I would imagine if there was a better plan for where we were going to but if not there is a way in which the fans can have a say and f- ensure that the club does not become vulnerable as a result of exiting the joint venture. The rent is already discussed, it's being set at market rate, and discounted um, by 50% to provide that benefit to the club. Um, and should the, the club fail to pay the rent, then the joint venture has the ability to commence legal proceedings to re... The joint venture has the ability to start legal proceedings to reclaim that money, so it is ensured to be going back into the stadium for those dilapidations and 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 pay for that upkeep so there's lots of things within that lease agreement that you'd largely expect within a lease agreement that is highly favorable to ensuring the greater protections around the club for the long term and more
0: and finally let's talk about fan involvement expectations so. Trust STFC members will be able to read and vote on the CGJV annual business plan together with key stadium development. A minimum of £19.69 and pence per year to a member of Trust STFC and therefore a share in the ownership of the county ground entity structure. Purchase agreement between Swindon Borough Council and County Ground Stadium Custodians Limited. County Ground Stadium Custodians Limited, the CGJV, consists of Swindon Town Community Mutual, Trust FC, and Swindon Town Football Company Limited, Swindon Town, in a 50-50 joint venture. Swindon Town Football Company Limited being named as the joint owner of the county ground means the club holds 50% of the county ground as an asset on the club's balance sheet. As part of CGJV Formation, there is a joint venture agreement similar to a shareholders agreement in a normal business outlining rules and processes to manage CGJV formally. And finally, there is then a negotiated and agreed lease between CGJV and STSC. Okay then, so fan involvement expectations. Neil, just on the the £19.69 bit,
4: has that changed slightly since we first heard about it? I think the fundamental basis is still there. Um, What we've been very careful to focus on over these these last few days is very much about the membership vote in acquiring the stadium. There's another piece of work that's been undertaken in parallel uh, that's nearly ready to go that relates to how we're going to evolve the membership of the trust to bring more people in so more people can share in the ownership of the stadium but also in a way that can generate further revenue and and income for the ground and its ongoing development. So I don't think it's the right time to get into that tonight because there's still a lot of work on that uh, to to share with the members uh, and, more importantly, to to non-members. We want this to be a a supporter ride initiative, uh, not just focused on on the the existing trust members. So uh, the 1969 is still part of it. It's still the case that to share in the ownership of the county ground, you'll need to be a member of the trust, because it's the trust that owns 50% of the stadium. But uh, there's a lot of exciting stuff to come out on that. But until we get the stadium, and until we've got hold of those keys, all of that counts for nothing. So we need to get the keys first, and then we'll be back to talk to everybody about what comes next.
3: As part of the purchase agreement from the ED Trust, in terms of providing that funding, there is certainly a strong indication uh, and intent that whatever we do with bringing new members in is that it must be affordable now we're very conscious of um, when we do relaunch the the membership that there is a real world real term um, cost of living crisis and we're very much conscious of that so as much as we will focus on it um, and announce those plans in due course, um, I just would like to add that reassurance that It's not something that we're looking to price out of the market. We want as many fans to be involved in that as much as possible. The finer details of how we do that is what we're working through at the moment. Um, But we'll be very excited to come back, if you'll invite us, to um, run through how that works and explain in a lot more detail.
0: Yes, of course. And you'll be most welcome to come back. So I think at time of recording, which is on the 9th of January, listeners, might go rushing to the, the trust website to, to, to join, to get involved in this. But I'm right in saying they're going to have to hold fire for a little bit.
4: Yeah, I'm afraid so. So at the moment, we've suspended the membership for two reasons. The main one of those being that we're currently holding the vote to ask the existing members whether or not they support the purchase of the county ground and at venturing into the joint venture agreement. We require 50% of our existing members to participate in that vote. And so it'd be really difficult to to have an open membership and people joining halfway through the vote. So we've suspended it for the period of time that the vote is open. The vote finishes at 10 o'clock on Saturday night. So if uh, you're listening to this and you still haven't voted and you're a paying member of the trust, please do click that button because every vote does count. Once we come out the other side, it's likely that the membership uh, application process will continue to be suspended for a period afterwards. What we want to do is then complete the purchase of the stadium and then relaunch the membership of the trust, complete with the uh, sharing and ownership of the county ground all at the same time. So uh, we're we're getting lots of messages from people asking how they can join and how their kids can join. All of that will come. um, But as I said a moment ago, we need to get the the ownership of the stadium under control first and, and all that will come next. Lovely. Any, anything else that you would like to say in terms of fan involvement before we wrap this up? From, from my point of view, from my personal point of view, um, I remember my, my first game when I was eight years old, um, sitting in the, in the Arkell stand, didn't really understand what was happening in the pits, but I got taken in by the atmosphere, the singing, uh, the chants, um, and, and that got in my blood. And I've now got an 11-year-old. Um, who's got a season ticket and and had a season ticket from about three years old. Uh, (laughs) My wife goes uh, and it's in the blood. And um, who knows where Swindon Town will be in the years ahead. But what we're doing right now is setting out um, a vision for the next 250 years. Um, And I really encourage everybody at Swindon Town to get involved and and, and do what they can to support this initiative. Uh, It's been a long time coming. Um, we, we, we go through our, our cycles as a club, kind of the highs and the lows, um, and it's all part of the journey. And, and this is another chapter that hopefully in years ahead, people will look back and go, I'm really glad that we did this.
3: If you look back at the history of the county ground from day dot when it was born and we started playing there, one of the very first big investments that we saw into the club was that Thomas Arcles put 700 pounds in to build what we now know is the Arkles stand. That is something that we look back on even today, and we don't really look at it in a great appreciation, but we ultimately know that that was gifted to the club. With all the topsy turviness of the financial ups and downs, and being on that Swindon Town roller coaster of promotions and relegations, and managers coming and going, heroes being born and being then sold on for mass profit. What we're ultimately looking at here is the birth of a new star in the sense that this is a brand new platform for the club to gain that stability from financial topsy turviness and in collaboration with Clem and the current board to help cement this time right now to be the start of something new and bigger that provides a foundation and we've already seen it in many cases across the Football League with the likes of Reading and Swansea and even Bristol City to a large degree, arguably. But ultimately, providing that structure off the pitch with, as we've already discussed, different streams of revenue outside of football that can make the stadium a multi revenue generating function rather than just relying on the football for 23 days of the year. Ultimately, that will just provide better stability to our club to help us accelerate and grow. And that's ultimately what we're here for. We're here as a trust to ensure that that is what happens. We're very passionate about that and ultimately we want the fans to come with us on that journey as we continue to grow this club and ensure that it's future generations that we don't even know exist yet or even have plans to exist are going to be there for many, many years to come.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to see them cheering us on in 250 years' time. <laughs> <laughs> a, a lovely way to end this. Uh, a thank you to Simon, Mark, James, Paul, and the podcast Enthusiastic Contributors for the additional questions. And a big, big, big thank you to Tom and Neil from Trust SDSC for answering on what has been a busy evening for them. Gentlemen,
3: thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Rich. Appreciate it.
0: The Low Strangers is an independent supporters' podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford, and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy! Thanks
2: for listening.
3: Come
2: on, Swindon. Has a "Bubble." Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy.